And so that we, we settled in, everyone has tripods, everyone's got binos. Um, I think my 10 year old sat behind the glass for 45 seconds before he started to get up and move around. Cause he just can't help himself. It's fine. Um, and so as we're starting to glass, we're, we're in cattle country. So someone's got some grazing rights in this area. We're in, uh, there's cows everywhere. They're just mooing like crazy. We had one like just down the spine from us who seemed kind of pissed that we were there, but he, you know, moseyed off. And, uh, so we're, we're just starting to glass and, and at this point, all I'm catching are cows. Uh, and then I, my, my son, my older son, finally, like he's the first one to break. He says, Ooh, I think I've got a deer. Welcome to hunting stories brought to you by late to the game outdoors. Everyone loves a good story and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters, just like you to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, Pull up a seat around the campfire, because here we go. What's up, everybody? It's Eric from Hunting Stories. With uh, We're kind of in the middle of coos mania season right now, uh, just because I'm based out of Arizona, and uh, the coos rut is now, uh, if you're listening to this uh, when it first comes out in January. Uh, and I've been on a, a couple of coos hunts now that were wildly different from each other. Uh, so today, I'm going to take you through the story of uh, it was me and my boys. Uh, my oldest son had the tag uh, and I was there to help. And my middle child, my younger son, uh, was just there because he loves hunting and is just now like uh, he's about to get put in for draws for the first time. Like he could not be more excited. So he just wanted to be a part of it. Um, and so we're going to talk about that story next week. I'm going to drop the story of my own coos hunt where I went with some buddies archery hunting a couple weeks after the hunt I'm telling you today. Uh, and that was another just bananas adventure. Uh, so two wildly different hunts after the same species in the same general terrain, uh, different units, but that doesn't matter. So getting into today, it was supposed to be a family hunt. Uh, and I mean, it still was. It was me and my two sons. Uh, but actually, my my oldest son, Hendrick, and my wife both had rifle coos tags uh, in December. So it, it's a great tag. The rut maybe starts to ramp up. I, they, it's, you know, it's hard to predict and it kind of hap- triggers in different times and different areas. Uh, but the tag is open from like December 9th till the end of the year. Uh, so you get a lot of time to hunt, a lot of time for that rut to start to kick in. And uh, and it's a rifle tag. So should be awesome. Um, and right before the hunt, like literally less than, less than two days before we were supposed to leave to go hunting. And we had blocked out uh, like a three-day three, three and a half day period, uh, to be out there chasing them. Uh, we decided ultimately that my wife was not going. Um, and this is like quick little backstory slash marriage lesson, uh, for anyone out there because, uh, it, this was just one of those wild, uh, experiences you have when you share a life with somebody. Uh, we've been married over 16 years and, still figuring stuff out. So, uh, my wife grew up hunting like it. That's, that's how I got into it. So I married into this hunting family and my father-in-law took me under his wing and now it has consumed my life. Uh, so my wife grew up, she went on a, a handful of hunts. She has shot at animals, but has never shot an animal. Um, so 
I thought somewhere along the line, we were having a conversation and I was under the impression that it was sort of like a bucket list thing for her. Like she didn't know if she wanted to just be like hardcore hunter out there hunt all the time. But I understood for one reason or another uh, that she wanted to at least have that experience, see how it felt, um, see how she processed it, like all that. So that is what I heard from her. And I immediately as most husbands do, set about trying to solve that problem for her. Uh, so I've been keeping track of her points and putting her in for stuff and taking her on hunts. And and in my head, that was my mission. Get her her first big game harvest and we'll go from there. Maybe she hates it and she never wants to do it again. And that's totally fine. As we were talking a couple days before this hunt and trying to get things sorted out and details, and we have a daughter as well who wants absolutely nothing to do with hunting, uh, and she's only eight, it was going to be a little rough for her to be out there, so so we were coordinating her care while we were gone. Um, it, it just sort of like started to come up. I was getting this distinct sense that if I told my wife, hey, I don't want you to go or you don't need to go, she would have just this massive amount of relief. That was like the, the husband, my, my spidey sense was, was tingling, um, which sounds really weird in a marriage context, but you know what I mean? Anyway. Uh, and so as I started to broach that subject and like, Hey, this is like, do you really want to go? Like my feelings aren't hurt. Do you, you know, what's going on? Uh, and she finally, uh, like she was able to express that she didn't really have a dream to kill an animal. Like she it would be cool. She was open to it, uh, but it was not like she could go to her grave having never harvested an animal and it would not bother her in the slightest. Uh, she thought that my dream was for us to be just this hardcore hunting family where husband, wife, kids, like everyone's just slaying stuff all over the place all year long, um, which, which does sound cool, but I sincerely don't care. Uh, like, like, like I mentioned, my daughter, unless something wildly changes in her uh, passions and personality, she will never, ever hunt. Uh, and I'm it's perfectly fine. Like, I love her. I do not care that she doesn't want to hunt. Uh, and same for my wife. If that's not a thing she wants to do, me and the boys will go out and we'll shoot stuff and we'll bring it back home. And that, like, that sounds super old school and kind of cool in a way. So totally fine. So we had this conversation in our kitchen right before we're supposed to leave for this hunt that she ultimately really didn't want to go. And especially just right now, what was going on? work stuff, kid stuff, like it was just going to make her life a million times easier if she didn't go. So we made that decision, just ate that tag uh, because the hunt had already begun so that we couldn't donate it or anything. Nothing that could be done. Uh, so it was now just a boy's trip. Me, my two sons, 13 and 10 years old, uh, and it was going to be cold. Well, relatively cold, like not that bad if you're used to it, but these are these are a couple of desert kids who uh, don't do great in the cold. So uh, that was one of my main concerns was keeping them warm. Uh, so we were doing a uh, like a, a truck camp, uh, brought the pop up camper, brought the generator so we could like run heaters and a million blankets, hand warmers, all the layers we could find. I was like just throwing in bags for these kids. Uh, so we set out on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, the plan was to drive out, get to our unit, uh, probably eat dinner on the way, get camp set. It'd probably already be dark. Uh, and then just wake up the next morning, uh, hike out in the dark, uh, to a glassing point and, and start to hunt deer. Now I had done a little, like 24 hours of preseason scouting in this unit. And, uh, I, and when you're 
planning a hunt for your family. It's more than just let me find deer. Uh, for me, there's also this heavy element of like, okay, where where can these people that I'm taking hunting actually go? Like it's if it was just me, be like, yeah, here's a spot that looks great. It's eight miles in. Let's go. Uh, but I'm not going to do that with a 10 year old. Um, so I had uh, kind of mapped out some spots that, yes, this is actually like this is accessible. They could make this hike. Uh, I had found some deer. So I found a, a couple pockets of does. Uh, and this was, I was, you know, scouting way preseason, like in November. Uh, so generally speaking, it's a decent strategy. If you have a tag where, where it should be getting close to the rut, if you can find a bunch of does, typically those bucks come in from their hidey holes to find the does. The does don't really move all that much. Um, so I found those. I had also glassed up one really nice, massive coos buck that I still think about like in my head. I feel like I need to get my own tag and head back in there to, to try to chase him. Um, and so, so I knew he, where he was at, we couldn't get to him, but based like he was way up high based on where I saw those does. I had this logical spot like, Oh, if we hike here, break off the trail here, we'd be on this glassing knob overlooking this big basin. Uh, it, it's right near where I saw some does. Theoretically, he would be moving on down the mountain to find them. This could be perfect. Um, and again, I'm out there with my 13 year old who just, he just wants to hunt and he is not picky. He's, we're not like trophy hunter type people. So any legal antler deer that was huntable, he was going to take a shot. So, but if it happened to be this massive, awesome looking buck, more power to him. Uh, so we wake up early that first morning. Everyone's pretty cold, but they're dealing with it. And, uh, and we hike out down to the, we, we park at the trailhead, hike what should have been a two mile jaunt. Um, at least that, like if you draw it out on the map in, in 2d space, uh, it seems like it's two miles and I've got a 13 and a 10 year old in tow, 13 year old. He's as tall as me. Uh, he's an avid soccer player, uh, in great shape. Like he can pretty much go anywhere I can go. He can go. He's honestly in better endurance shape than I am. So I'm not worried about him. 10 year old, tiny little 10 year old legs, uh, doesn't do all that much hiking, uh, or running or all that other than usual kid stuff. So I'm keeping my eye on him, trying not to overdo it, uh, on this little guy. And so we, we hike along the trail and get to the point where right about the point where we're supposed to break off the trail. Like it, it was just a little over half of the distance was on trail. And then the other half was supposed to be off trail. Um, and I continue year after year of hunting. I think I'm going to get better at like looking at topo and 3d layers and like assessing how big country is actually going to be. And then it, it never fails to just surprise me or I misjudge it. And so by the time we were supposed to be breaking off the trail, I'm like, good night. This is like, we've already gone a pretty good ways. Like it feels like we've gone at least a couple miles already. Uh, we've had some pretty good climbs along this trail. And now as I'm looking to the top of this glassing point where I want to be, like it is down this super steep, sketchy face into, I would call it a wash, but if you picture a small Canyon, that's probably more accurate. Uh, and then up the other side of this big, like it would take us at least another hour. And, uh, and my 10 year old did not complain once the whole trip, like tough kid, total trooper, 
but I could tell he's pretty gassed already. Uh, so the, the spot we were at, we were going to break off the trail. I, there's like this little spine that I'm like, actually, you know what? We can see a lot of country from here. Everyone's tired. We're just hitting that like first gray light kind of time. This is great. Let's just camp. Let's park here, glass for the morning, and then we'll reevaluate. And so that we, we settled in, everyone has tripods, everyone's got binos. Um, I think my 10 year old sat behind the glass for 45 seconds before he started to get up and move around. Cause he just can't help himself. It's fine. Um, and so as we're starting to glass, we're, we're in cattle country. So someone's got some grazing rights in this area we're in, uh, there's cows everywhere. They're just mooing like crazy. We had one like just down the spine from us who seemed kind of pissed that we were there, but he, you know, moseyed off. And, uh, so we're, we're just starting to glass and, and at this point, all I'm catching are cows. Uh, and then I, my, my son, my older son, finally, like he's the first one to break. He says, Ooh, I think I've got a deer. I want to take a second and let you know a little secret about so many of the hunts I get to share with you on this podcast. Every hunt of mine and many of the hunts from guests actually began months before we ever stepped into the field on go hunts insider page. This is where I start every single one of my hunts, tracking all my points and my family's points now that I have three other hunters under my roof. And I can start to sort out what tags I can draw, which ones I want to keep building points for. And it's ultimately how I plan my year in the field. In addition to the draw odds, you get excellent maps for all 50 states. And they have just an awesome gear shop uh, where you can continually earn points to use for credit towards future gear, which let's face it, we're all going to need. Uh, so if you sign up for an insider membership using my code late at checkout, you'll get 50 bucks credit towards the gear shop right out of the gate. And let's face it, who couldn't use 50 bucks towards gear right now? You can use the link in the show notes or head over to gohunt.com and sign up to be an insider today. Use my code late and get that credit towards new gear. And I'm like, sweet. Okay. Talk, talk me into it. Guide me in. And so he guides, I, I'm following his guidance, you know, okay, you see that rock, cool, move down, you see that bush. And so I follow all those. And as I get to the spot where he has guided me into, I'm staring at a blonde slash gray cow. Uh, it, it's a weird coloration I had never seen on a cow. Um, but that's what it's like, this blondish grayish cow. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, well, do you see the, the big blonde cow? Where is the deer in relation to the cow? And he just says, oh, is that what that is? Is that a cow? <laughs> well, buddy, if you're, you know, and I retrace his steps that he guided me into. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. Is it taking steps to its left now feeding along? Uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, buddy, that's, that's a cow. Uh, coloration was close. So I'll give you credit there. Uh, but we're looking for an animal that's probably a quarter the size of this giant cow on the side of that hill. Um, which is fine. It's an honest mistake. It was a weird colored cow. Um, and so we, did, we continue glassing. I finally pick up uh, a couple of does that are moving along the hillside. Um, and, you know, if, if you're hunting deer, especially in the rut, uh, whenever I find does, like I try to stay on them for a while, like scan, watch them, scan them, start to like scan out a little bit and sort of like circles around where they are. Because uh, at any given day, a buck could just show up. Uh, or, or, you know, a buck could be kind of trailing them. They sort of keep their distance until they decide to start pushing the does. It, it's really almost erratic sometimes to watch, uh, bucks rut does. Uh, so I'm, I'm watching and, and keeping an eye on these does. And unfortunately no buck shows up. Uh, and those were the only deer we saw that morning. 
uh, in the midst of all that, like kind of as we were sort of it was getting into the late morning, we were thinking, yeah, maybe it's time to move on. Uh, this other hunter shows up. Um, it seems like former younger guy, former military hunting with a, with a recurve bow. Um, and he goes, uh, like he comes, we exchange pleasantries and kind of, Hey, we're, where are you planning to be? We'll, we'll stay out of each other's way. Um, and he indicated he was about to like head down and try to go up to the glassing point we originally were going to go to. Uh, and at that point I had already sort of ruled that out, like just in the full light, looking at where we were, I'm like, I, I don't think I can take <laughs> my 10 year old all the way out there. Uh, so that's where he was going to go. And so he, uh, uh, he, he kind of bombed down this spine we were on to look for a, a better place to cross through this, this Canyon wash. And, uh, he came back like five minutes later and said, yeah, man, there it's all like, it's bluffed out. It's fenced out. There's, there's no way to get down there. So I'm going to go up this, this other direction or whatever, uh, which was at least good confirmation to me that like, okay, this, this younger guy who seemed like, just sizing him up, like seemed like solid shape could probably go anywhere. He's looking at that like, yeah, that's kind of sketchy. I'm not going to go. I'm certainly not taking my kids. So uh, we decided instead to kind of, if we hop back on the trail, it would sort of wrap around this other mountain uh, and we could, you know, break off trail, head up the spine. And, and there's this spot where we could sit and glass for the afternoon, evening, uh, the spot where like there's big country, there's big mountains. And then there's also just like a hundred little fingers coming off into this drainage area. Seemed like a great spot to, to look for some deer. And so that's what we, we wrapped our way up around there, posted up there for, it was probably about lunchtime by the time we got there. And, uh, and these are short hunting days. So what's interesting and both frustrating and fun about coos hunting is you've got like 10 hours of light total, which means you actually get a nice long sleep. <laughs> like it, it goes dark. You're back at camp, you eat dinner. Well, it's like seven 30 at night. Let's turn in. Uh, and then it's not going to be sunrise until like seven 30 in the morning. So it's, it's a surprisingly restful hunt, uh, though it can be extremely exhausting in the 10 hours of light you do have. So, uh, post up there and we're glassing. Well, two of us are glassing. Uh, one of us is, uh, whittling a wooden sword and then doing a lot of ninja moves with the sword. Uh, so if there were deer within eyesight of us, we never saw them and it's for good reason. Uh, but eventually like end of the day, we finally pick up, uh, three does moving across this other hillside. Uh, that's actually sort of back the way we came like across from the trail a little bit. And uh, same deal, just watch them, look around them, and no buck ever showed up. So we we left a little bit uh, prior to sunset. Like we probably still had 45 minutes or so where we could have glassed. Uh, like something would have to be real close for us to get a move on it. But uh, again, with the boys, I'd put them through some miles. We had It was a slightly sketchy climb up to where we were. I didn't want to do that in the dark with them. So we decided to hit the trail, head back early, uh, got back to camp like right at dark, uh, timed out pretty well. And my 10 year old was toast. So again, I said he, he never complained, but he did like, we got to camp, he plopped down in the chair and he was just like, you know, I'm, I'm making dinner and, and getting him some water. He's like, Oh my, my head kind of hurts. I'm like, okay, buddy here, like, you know, mixed up some hydration stuff for him to start drinking. And, you know, he, we made one of his favorite camp dinners, which for the record is uh craft macaroni and cheese with cubed ham in it. It's a winner for 10 year old boys. Um, and, uh, yeah, he ate 
gosh, two thirds of his reasonable portion. And I was like, yeah, my stomach kind of hurts. I'm like, okay, this kid just a little dehydrated, overdid it a little bit. Um, somewhere in the midst of that, my son or myself, we checked our, our watches, our apps. Um, and it said we had done, um, seven over seven miles that day. Uh, which again, I like drew it out on the map and thought we were heading two miles. Uh, but just like once you actually get on the surface and you factor in all the angles and the hills and the steps, uh, the off trail stuff, uh, I was trying to take it easy and still seven miles is not what I would have tried to do in one day with a 10 year old. Uh, but he, he toughed it out. Good kid. Um, Anyway, put he kind of like went into the camper a little early, <laughs> was reading a book, laying down. He by the time we got in and got settled, he was already uh, sawing logs. So he he passed out and I was uh, in the midst of all that, like, oh, my goodness, what's the next morning going to bring? Like it was the first time where I was like, oh, geez, uh, it would have actually been really helpful to have my wife here. But again, I don't fault her for not going, but like that as we planned the hunt, that was some of the the backup plan. It was like, okay, if we've got the little guy, um, it, you know, if we glass up a buck way up somewhere or there's something like that, we could theoretically split up where, you know, my wife stays with the 10 year old and they glass some easier country and, and me and the big one go like, you know, climbing up some nasty face to, to get on a deer somewhere. Uh, and so that was my, my thought laying in bed that night was uh, if we wake up and this kid is the same or worse, what am I going to do? How do I tell my son who has the tag? Like, Hey, I'm sorry. Your little brother just ruined your hunt. We can't go out. All right. I think most hunters can relate to this, that I'm an absolute information junkie and I've lost more hours than I care to admit diving down a research rabbit hole. And because of that, I love a good online course. that's going to take me on a deep dive into whatever topic has captured my attention. Usually it has to do with hunting. So when I learned about outdoor class, I knew it was going to be something I was way into, I just didn't realize it was going to be as next level awesome as it is. Outdoor Class is the e-learning platform for the outdoorsman. It has a top-notch lineup of the most reputable voices in the industry sharing their vast knowledge on all things hunting on one amazing platform. Ever want to learn how to elk call? Outdoor Class has you covered. Freezer full of deer meat? Outdoor Class will show you how to turn that into a meal to remember. When I first signed up, I started diving into Remy Warren's course on finding mule deer. Absolutely next level. And they have the web-based course and a mobile app to boot, so you can up your hunting game no matter where you're at. The platform is already packed with tons of amazing content, and I've been talking to the guys behind this, and there is so much more in the works from big names in the industry that I'm super pumped about. So head over and check out Outdoor Class today, and if you use the code LATE at checkout, you'll save 20% on your registration. Uh, but, by the grace of God, woke up the next morning, 10 year old's feeling great. He's, he's jacked up. He's ready to go. Got his oatmeal and his hot cocoa in the camper, ready to, to ate some breakfast and he's feeling good. Uh, but I had also sort of planned to like, okay, uh, the distance got away from us. So let's find a closer spot to glass. Uh, and on our hike out, I was noticing there's this, this, uh, this face that's, that looks like a pretty solid, face like it's got it's got the feed and the cover um and it's a j there's the spot where we could sit we could look at this face we could turn a little bit and look at this other face that has a few bowls a few few fingers in it it's uh it's south facing so as the sun comes up it's going to be warming that's where they're going to want to be uh maybe let's go there and because it's less than a mile from the trailhead like just hike a mile in break off the trail for 100 yards or so post up somewhere and and glass 
And so decided to go to that spot, um, which was a much simpler hike for them, although it was also a colder morning. Uh, so given how uh, Gibson, my middle son, wasn't feeling so great and knowing we had this plan to not go nearly as far, uh, you know, let us sleep in 30, 45 minutes more than we had the first morning. Um and just knowing it was going to be a little colder, a little colder with cloud cover. So as the sun came out, uh, it didn't really warm us the same way. Uh, so we, we got to the glassing point and again, the boys are struggling uh, a little bit more than they were the day before. Just with the, the cold was getting to them. And I, I had them with hand warmers. I had them with all the layers that I could slap on them. Uh, but still I, I would be sitting there glassing and, uh, well, the younger one didn't do as much glassing the whole trip, but, uh, like at one point I turned around cause I heard some movement and I looked and my older son has stepped away from the glass and he's just kind of like, you know, doing high steps and, and just trying to like keep blood flowing, keep himself warm. And just next to him, the, the little one had taken the opposite approach. He is curled up like face down on his backpack with his, this oversized fluffy hunting jacket, just wrapped around him like a cocoon, uh, and hand warmers tucked inside, just trying to stay warm, stay alive. Uh, so it was, it was a rough morning for them. We did glass up a, a couple of deer, uh, to isolated does on different hillsides, just all alone, a little bit weird. Uh, I don't usually see that, but, but there they were. Don't know if they probably got separated or they're, they're the other does they were rolling with were just on the other side of the hill or who knows. Um, but saw a couple deer and had a uh, close pig encounters, uh, that they, you know, I, I heard the like grunting and snuffing and I, I don't know what words you use to describe javelina noises because uh, they're they're weird and distinct uh, but heard them like not far behind us and we were posted up to glass right on the edge of this tiny little wash uh, which was clearly like kind of a, a highway a path for them uh, so this this whole like pack of javelina came cruising right past us and uh, my younger one was a little freaked out because he had heard somewhere that javelina are aggressive which they can be, especially if you corner them. Uh, but generally, you know, they want to avoid you like any other animal. So got, got to see them close up, which is, you know, just fun with your boys to let them see stuff in the wild. Especially for my older son, his, his first couple of tags were javelina tags. Uh, but we just, we didn't have, we didn't put a lot of time into them. I didn't put a lot of scouting into them. We never actually got on pigs. So, so his early hunts were, uh, Hey, come let's sit here. Let's glass. Let's not see anything we're looking for. Um, so it was at least fun. He didn't have a tag in his pocket for these, but it was at least like, Hey, there, there's some javelina. There's what we've been looking for. Um, so good moment. Uh, and then we, as the morning wrapped up and we had only seen a couple does and some pigs, we decided to head back to the truck and w every day we would leave camp and we were like a quarter mile from the trailhead. So we would drive to the trailhead and then hike. So, uh, knowing we were a mile or less from the truck, uh, and it was, you know, 10 o'clock or so, nine 30, 10 o'clock. Um, and given how the day before had worked, I just thought like, you know what, let's, let's head back to camp. We can sit in real chairs. We can rest up. We can eat some lunch. Um, I was really just trying to, to take it easy on my 10 year old, especially after the day prior. And so we hiked back, we drove back to camp, we sat there. Uh, and I thought like, okay, we could, we could sit here. We've got, you know, probably three hours before we want to be like hiking back to, to get to a spot for the afternoon. And, um, 
man, we could either sit here and eat like all the, the packaged snacky kind of food that we have uh, to get through the day. Or if you boys want, it's like a 30-ish minute drive back to the nearest town. We could get like a hot fast food meal, uh, you know, just get a little change of scenery, maybe uh, refresh our spirits a little bit, uh, warm up in the truck and uh, and then come back. And so they voted, obviously, for uh, let's let's go get some food in town. Uh, so that was an unexpected but uh, delightful little field trip. We we drove on in. Uh, the Sonic was one of the closest places we went to. So ate some super greasy fast food, uh, which has quite the way of lifting your spirits. So kids felt great. They had, you know, good good tasting not good for you food um but when you're you know mostly eating just prepackaged everything all day long and just being cold uh sitting in a climate controlled truck and eating some greasy food and like drinking soda like it, it lifted the spirits so i'm going to call that a good dad call and uh yeah drove back got to camp uh got ourselves kind of set up and gear reconfigured and decided we were going to head back in for the evening to uh, to a spot where we could glass that would be across the hill from where we had seen those three does um, the the night prior. So again, it being like the rut's going to start any day now. Uh, we saw those does. Maybe there were other deer with them we just didn't see, or maybe they'll show up today. Um, but we, from this spot, we could glass that hill. We could also look the other direction a little further out, see if there's something, maybe it's too far to get to tonight, but you know, we could be, we could keep an eye on that and head back there the next morning. Um, but let, let's just go see. So we made that hike. It, it was more of a hike than we had the morning, but it was not quite as far as we went the first morning. So seemed like a reasonable middle ground because uh, I'm trying as a dad. And if you're a dad of multiple kids, you can relate to this. I'm trying to juggle the I want my oldest son to have a good time. It's his tag. It's his hunt. I also want my younger son to have a good time. Like he is so excited. He has always been so excited to be old enough to hunt. Um, and I didn't want, he's the type of kid who would feel responsible and guilty if he knew he was holding back a hunt. So it was just trying to like walk that line and let everyone have a good experience. Uh, it was quite a challenge, but, uh, I was doing my best. So we, we went to that spot. It was a bit of a tough climb. Uh, not again, it was less hiking than we had done the day before, but because we had pushed it so far the first day, uh, it, it was a little tough. The, there's kind of the final climb to the, the ridgeline we wanted to glass from, uh, I, for the first time, my ki my 10 year old didn't complain, but I could like really hear him huffing and puffing. I was trying to pace myself, take small steps for him. Uh, but it was, it was a struggle getting up there. But we finally got in position, uh, you know, it's like 3.30-ish, perfect time when somewhere between 3.30 and 4, typically this time of year, you start to see stuff moving around. Uh, so we get up there and we're glassing around and uh, I glass up another big pack of javelina way off in the distance. Um, so I'm making all these notes as well for the future. Like, okay, I think I found a halfway decent javelina spot uh, next time it's time to, next time it's time to put in for those tags. Um... And, and we're just sitting there and then eventually, sure enough, on a, a, the far section of this same ridge, like, oh, hey, there's a doe. Oh, there's a second one with her. Eventually, oh, there's a third one. Okay, we found those same three does. Let's keep an eye on them uh, and keep scanning everything else, trying to, to pick up a buck. Uh, and ultimately, the, the whole rest of that day, we just saw those three does, uh, a bunch of cows, pigs on the other mountain. Um, but as we're sitting up there, I'm having conversations with uh, with my oldest. So... Uh, the approach I've taken 
at least recently, this past year, my son had a couple good tags and I'm really trying to let him have ownership of the hunt. So it's not just like I'm guiding every step of the way and like, oh, we're going to go over here and let's do this and let's do it. But like, hey, man, like I'll I can speak into it. I, I want to share advice or like how to think about this, how to approach it. But it's your tag. It's your hunt. So I want you to feel like you can say, hey, I want to go over here or or, or whatever. So as we start to have these conversations, I had already been telling him like, hey, man, it's, you know, I know it's a bummer. We haven't we're turning up deer, which is good. And a buck could show up with these does at any moment. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of a bummer. I'm not sure why the, the bucks aren't here yet. I guess we're just a little early for when the rut's going to kick off. Are you a new hunter or even a guy with some miles under his boots who's still just trying to figure it out? I get it. I've been there. I'm an adult onset hunter who spent the last 15 years learning how to hunt. And so I wrote the book, How to Hunt, A Total Beginner's Guide to Hunting Big Game, as the resource I wish existed all those years ago when I first started. Whether you're planning to chase elk with your bow in the west, or you're hunting whitetails back east, this book will take you from knowing absolutely nothing to your first harvest. It's packed with hunting stories and plenty of those times where I royally screwed up so you can learn from my mistakes and feel better that you're not the only one. You'll leave with a sound strategy for hunting big game and have plenty of laughs along the way. Grab a copy today at latetothegameoutdoors.com slash howtohuntbook. And, uh, and so we're talking and I was like, well, we've got this, we've got that. I've got this other spot that, you know, we could drive down this road, uh, get to this spot. You know, I've been there. There's some spots where it'd be accessible. There's some other spots where it wouldn't, uh, but it's, you know, just different country. We can't see from here. Maybe something's going on there. And so as we were talking that, that was sort of becoming the hail Mary. Cause at this point, this is the end of day two. We had the next morning to hunt. And then, you know, if we weren't on something by late morning, it was just going to be time to, to pack up camp and head back home. So, uh, we're talking about all that and he's asking me like, okay, well, can you show me on the map? Like, what are we dealing with? Help me visualize this. So we're talking about this, this other backup spot. Um, and you know, looking at the topo and like, okay, you could see like, if they're over here, we could get to them. This right here is just like almost cliffed out. Like we're not going to climb up that. Um, so he's looking at all that. And, and also like some of just the, I think the cold more than anything was really getting to him. Like, uh, I, I fixed him up this year with like a real hunting setup. Like he's got an actual layering system, uh, should be fairly warm enough for this kind of terrain, this kind of weather. Um, but I think, you know, the cold nights, the cold morning, basically cold everything. So other than, other than when we're running the heaters at night, which we didn't run all night, we would kind of preheat the camper, go to sleep. Uh, you know, I would usually wake up somewhere in the middle of the night and maybe it's getting a lot colder. So I would go out and fire up the generator again, run the heaters some more. Um, but I think like just being cold constantly for a couple of days, uh, that wears on anybody, but especially a kid who's not used to it the, the way that maybe I am. Um, so that was happening. Some of the frustration of, man, we're just not seeing any bucks. This is, it's annoying when you're not seeing what you're looking for. And so he was starting to like ask questions and, and I was trying to walk that line again of how much do I push my son? How much do I let him choose? But ultimately he was starting to think like, man, if we, if we don't see any bucks tonight, like if we don't have like a, Ooh, we found this buck. He's in this area. Even if we can't get him tonight, we can come back tomorrow. Uh, he's like, I don't looking at that backup spot and like the number of sections of it that we couldn't even get to, even if we saw something, it's like, I don't, I, I think if we don't see a buck tonight, maybe I want to like just head home tonight. 
sleep in our warm beds, just call, call the hunt. Um, which was tough. Cause I could see in my younger son's eyes, like he was excited about that notion too. Like he's having fun. He's so happy to be part of it, but he's also cold. Uh, he's super gassed and tired cause his little legs have covered a lot of distance. Um, and so ultimately I decided like, like, okay, but it's, it's your hunt. I'm not going to push you for, for one more half a day. Um, I, I know you're freezing. I know like this has been frustrating. So, uh, decided to let him make that call. And so we, we stayed up there. We glassed through the end of light, only ever saw those does, uh, no bucks turned up. And so we just hit the trail, hiked back, uh, packed up all of camp in the dark and, uh, and then set out for the drive home, which, uh, which, you know, ran a little long. <laughs> um, and, uh, and man, we got, got some more greasy food. So we, we had Sonic for lunch and then ended up having late Jack in the box for dinner. Cause that was, uh, we tried a different option and their card machine was broken. So, uh, yeah, just like the, the most dietary volatile day, uh, that you might imagine. Um, and we all in some ways paid for that the next day, but, um, yeah, it was kind of a disappointing end. Uh, if I'm honest and I've been where he's at too, I've called hunts a little bit early cause it's like, man, I'm just not seeing anything. Is it really worth, you know, another cold night and another morning where he probably won't see anything and then just come home? Like, like I, I get his thought process. Um, and I'm okay having let him make that call. Like it was, it was his hunt. It was his choice to make. Uh, and I also don't, I don't want to be that dad who pushes so hard. Like you want to push your kids enough that they get some grit, that they learn to, to, to power through things. Uh, and if we had seen a buck, I would have absolutely, even if you wanted to go home and be like, no buddy, we got to come one more time, try to get on this buck. Uh, but like I understood it's probably a decision I would have made if I was out there alone, to be honest, or I at least would have relocated to, to somewhere tougher to get to. Um, anyway, uh, all that to say hunting with your kids. Um, I am far from an expert. I'm trying to figure it out. I made some mistakes early on with my oldest. Uh, there was a point where he said he did not like hunting at all. Um, and that broke my heart. Uh, turns out what he didn't like was, uh, carrying heavy backpacks and hiking long distances to not see anything. So as he has gotten older (laughs) and as he has had some success and as we have like uh, strategically try to get some better tags where he actually has more opportunity and like sees what he's looking for. Uh, he absolutely loves it now. Um, he is when he shot his elk earlier this year, he has, he has given away more meat to, to all like his soccer coach, our chiropractor, which sounds weird, but he's like sort of like kind of a family friend that, uh, like it's just anytime he's like, Ooh, that person, we should give them some meat. So he's just like, so proud, loves hunting. Um, but some hunts just kind of (laughs) suck. And, uh, this was one of those that was like, it was heavy in suck. Uh, but at the same time we made some great memories. Like, uh, my, my younger son was so pumped to have been there, uh, still talks about it still just like, he felt like more of a man just getting to be a part of what the older boys were doing. Um, so while yes, there were some limitations to where we could go and how we could hunt, uh, so glad he was there. Uh, we just, uh, we, we had a blast at the end of the day. I spent two days, yeah, two, two and a half days, uh, just me and my boys in the wilderness, uh, saw some deer, saw some pigs, um, explored some country, hiked some trails. It's a, it's a good day. So 
if there's a lesson to be learned, uh, there's probably a couple. One, I kind of hinted at it, but I'm trying more and more. And as my my middle son just this year gets to start getting put in for draws with my oldest son, I, I heavily was like, OK, well, what ta- what tag can he draw right now uh, so we can just get out there, get in the field. But a lot of those easy to draw tags um, are that way for a reason. And so like success is not uh, difficult or is fairly difficult. Opportunity might be low. Populations of the animals might be low. So I'm trying to shift into more of a, hey, it would be better to wait a couple years and build up some points and draw like a really great tag where where you're almost sure to have a great experience and get an opportunity. Because um, I think that that hooks in a young hunter more than hey, let's grind this out and let's let's do all this stuff that might come to nothing. Um, so so that's a pivot I'm trying to make. And then also just the like, uh, man, get, get out there with your kids. Even it is inevitably, if you're out there with young children, it's going to limit your hunt. Like th- there's just no two ways about it. But the like the bigger life stuff that goes on while you're out there is, is absolutely worth it. So if, if it makes your hunt, not a success, if it costs you some opportunities, if your kid is spinning and doing ninja moves when he should really be still for deer that can see a pretty good ways, it's okay. It, you know, it's, it, it's about so at the end of the day, it's about so much more than just getting a shot on an animal. Uh, and as much as this seems like kind of a downer story, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like I'm going to remember those two days for the rest of my life and, and the fun that we had and the goofy stuff that happened and how I'm sure my boys, if you ask them about it, the first thing they will tell you is how absolutely freaking cold they were the whole time. Uh, and that that's part of it too. So maybe for next time I will make sure I like add another layer to my kid's kit. But, uh, but for now, it was a great time. All right, guys, this has gone on long enough. Uh, end of this story. Like I said, next week, going to drop uh, my coup story. It's backcountry bow hunting, uh, just grown men in the camp. So kind of a wildly, completely different story. Uh, cool stuff happened. Arrows were loosed. Uh, deer were killed. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.